Welcome back to the Sleeperwire Great Debate Show for week three. As always, I'm your host, Sheehan. Record-breaking week is almost done and dusted. I hope you're on the right side of those last-minute game winners and the torn hamstring plague. Joining me at the podium tonight is one of our awesome team of writers at Sleeperwire, though he's currently on writing IR. It's our IDP expert, Aaron Nyhart. Thanks for coming on, Aaron. Hey, thanks for having me. It's, uh, it's been a long time coming. I'm excited to be here. Well, it's my pleasure. I'm looking forward to chatting football with you. Now, we're about uh, an hour and a half away from the Monday night games kicking off. Do you need any Monday night miracles tonight? Oh, no no miracles tonight. I need a, I need a stat correction miracle in my, my league of record. Um, yep. But other than that, we're, we're just enjoying the game tonight. As a Buckeye fan, I'm looking forward to watching Zeke hopefully put it together. But other than that, I'm just ready for some good football. I think I need uh, Dak to outscore Devonta Smith by about two points to remain undefeated in Scott Fishbowl. So that's uh, that's my goal, and anything else will be a bonus from there. And uh, I try to do this every Monday. I didn't do it today on Twitter because it never gets any traction. But tell me, who were you right about this week? Oh, well, see, that's a part of the thing. I, my call of the week that went right technically that I, that I got some grief for was I started in my league of record, Alexander Madison over Antonio Gibson this week. Um, wow. That was to, to piggyback off of last week's for those who missed it. We talked about JD McKissick versus uh, who was the other one? It was uh, Cordero Cordero Patterson. Patterson. Um, and I, I tend to fall into the group that would favor JD McKissick and I'm not as high on Antonio Gibson as I was. And I thought that the opportunity would be there for Madison this week. And sure enough, he did outscore Gibson. Um, but I did pull up, as of right now, 0. 0.08. Yeah, that's eight one-hundredths of a point short Ooh. in that league right now. <laughs> that's so tough. I lost week one by 0. 0.02. And I was I was out. Uh, I said to Natter at the time on the main podcast, I'd been to every church, mosque, temple, <laughs> uh, wherever Tom Cruise goes uh, in thy local area to try and get something to happen. But I'm still still hoping that something happens there, but I, I think it's uh, it's long since gone. But tonight, we're not talking about J.D. McKissick. We're not talking about Cordaro Patterson. We're not talking about running backs at all. In fact, we are talking about two AFC receivers who both found the end zone this week, Emmanuel Sanders, presently of the Buffalo Bills, Hunter Renfro of the Las Vegas Raiders. As always, we'll each have two minutes to make the case for our player, followed by a minute of rebuttal. At the end of the debates, we'll cover any additional thoughts. We'll have a look at some other waivers for the week, so stay tuned until the end. And of course, we have the challenge flag that no one's used so far, but each of us can throw our challenge flag once during the other person's time. Your challenge must be in the form of a question. can't be in the first 30 seconds of the other person's spiel. Aaron, you're, of course, presenting the case for Manny Sanders, formerly of your beloved Steelers. But first, here's why you should be adding Hunter Renfro to your roster this week. Well, let's start at the very beginning. Hunter Renfro is an outfielder for the Boston Red Sox. Nope. No, that's <laughs> the wrong one. Hunter Renfro, six targets, five catches for 77 yards and a touchdown against the Dolphins. It's the fewest targets he's seen on the year so far, but he's shown he has an excellent five-catch floor each week through the three weeks of the season. And what's more, he's averaging more yards per reception than Darren Waller. That's right. The centerpiece of that Raiders offense is not as mighty as the mighty Hunter Renfro. His 16 catches so far this season, 10 have gone for first downs. That shows you that Derek Carr trusts him on key plays. They don't call him third and Renfro for nothing. 
Last year, his passer rating when targeted was 106.8. This year is 116.5. Rightly or wrongly, Derek Carr has a reputation as captain checkdown. Well, who does he check down to? I'll give you a clue. It rhymes with Schmunter Schmenfro. Through three weeks, he's averaging 14.1 points per game in PPR leagues. He's also averaging just over seven targets per game. As I said, six targets this week was the lowest he's had all season. And although there's some potential regression there, he's on track to have over 100 targets this season. His percentage share of cars, air yards, and targets are both higher than last year, and all signs are pointing to a career best year. Now, we talk about handcuffs with running backs. It's going to be a big week for handcuffs on the waiver wire with the aforementioned Alexander Madison with Truba Hubbard. But I tell you what, if there's ever a handcuff for a tight end, it is Hunter Renfro. If something was to happen to Darren Waller, and uh, most certainly hope that is not Renfro is the man to pick up that slack. He's right, got right, Darren, right. Give me that flag. Give me that flag. Give me that flag. <laughs> Come on. Right, I've been in. waiting on it. I'm, re- I'm ready for that flag. Jump in. Tell me why I'm wrong. So I, I love I love what you're getting at, the Waller handcuff and everything. I've not heard one mention of Brian Edwards or Henry Ruggs. Do you honestly feel that Hunter Renfro is in front of both of them in the pecking order in, Oak, or in Las Vegas? Yeah, I absolutely do. I think that uh, at, at his core, Derek Carr is still captain check down. He's still that conservative player as well as he's playing. Like obviously we saw last year with Nelson Aguilar, uh, stretching the field. We're seeing with Ruggs this year. We're seeing with Edwards this year. But, you know, he he's a conservative guy. He's going to take his shots once or twice down the field. But by and large, he's going to make his hay between the 5 and the 15 yards from the line of scrimmage. And that's where Darren Waller lives. That's where Hunter Renfro lives. Waller's closed. I can see him checking down to Renfro more often than he's going to chuck one up for Henry Ruggs, as good as Ruggs looked yesterday. Okay. I, I just wanted to clarify that stance. Thank you for your answer. No, that, that's fair. That's why we have the challenge flag. And I'm almost at the end of my time here, but I'll finish up and say there's two ways to win big in Vegas. One of them's counting cards. The other one is going to be picking up Hunter Renfro from your waiver wire this week. And with that, you can tell me why else I'm wrong. Uh, okay. Well, um, let's see. For As far as I view Hunter Renfro, um, part of these you'll, you'll hear me hit on with Emmanuel Sanders. He's never finished a top 10. Top 50 wide receiver. I know this is only year three or four for him. He's never averaged 10 yards per catch, um, which, again, you just alluded to. You're, you're cool with the 5 to 15-yard checkdowns. That's totally fine. Um, in my view, I think that he is the wide receiver four on the team. That doesn't always equate to wide receiver four production. Um, I do think that they would like to get the ball to Edwards, Ruggs, Waller, all ahead of Hunter Renfro. He is kind of that last-ditch option, but that does hold value. Um does that hold the value that I necessarily want? It's not got the potential, but it's got the it's got the potential to not lose you your week, um, which is understandable. Um, other than that, I'm going to save the rest that I've got for my little spiel. Um, I just I just, I don't see the the high end potential, which is what I'm looking for in the waiver wire personally. Now that's a very compelling case, and uh, yeah, I think they're excellent points you raised. But um, you know, it's one thing to try and belittle someone and, and beat down another guy. But we're here about we're positivity. So tell me why, although Hunter Renfro is good, Emmanuel Sanders is better. All right. So with Emmanuel Sanders, I think that you're looking at kind of the opposite of what you're getting with Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro, it's a lot of projection. Emmanuel Sanders has already done everything that I'm about to say. Um, and I think that the point that he's 34 years old 
and he's got his quarterback coming out and saying, this guy's got juice. Josh Allen went on record after the game saying, this dude still has it um, at a level never before. Sanders has got the right attitude. You've got to prove yourself every time. These fans don't know me yet. I got to come out every week. This past weekend, five catches, 94 yards, two touchdowns. It was great. And it was on his lowest target share of the entire season so far. Um, Emmanuel Sanders, same amount of targets through three games as Hunter Renfro. So he's got that check down like production um, option to him. He's also looking at 17 yards per catch so far this season, um, which sounds like a lot. But when you break it down throughout his career, he's never had less than 10 yards of catch. 17 is well within um, his scope of outcomes, especially when you got the juice, like Josh Allen says. Are you you about to throw the challenge on me? I thought about it. (laughs) <laughs> okay okay um so i mean uh, the thing with emmanuel sanders for me that i really was interested in breaking down during this research to me he has been one of those wash receivers as of late at least in my viewpoint he's actually finished a wide receiver three or higher in three of the last four seasons um in 12 team league 12 team leagues despite only one complete season being played during that time um, I think that you could make the argument that he is the wide receiver two on this Bills roster. You could go anywhere from two to four, um, depending on your stance on Cole Beasley. I think he's the wide receiver two. Um, Josh Allen, he's got 127 targets per game, or 127 targets so far this year, 42 per game, versus Derek Carr's 34 per game. Um, so you're getting a few more targets. You're getting a better quarterback, in my view. Um, and as far as... I'm concerned the Bills are inept at running the ball. They're going to pass it. The Raiders want to run. <laughs> Just in under that two-minute timer there. Well, you know, that's uh, that's some some speedy talking, and you'll be pleased to know that actually you're my first guest who's made it that two-minute timer. So uh, you're a veritable marathon man compared to uh, compared to Nada, compared to uh, Laquan Jones, and compared to Chris Allen. So... Uh, <laughs> No, that's excellent. Clearly, had a lot of a lot of points, but um, well, this this was actually know, kind of cool to research for me because, like I said, when you approached me about Emmanuel Sanders, I was more on the skeptical end of him myself as I started. And the more that I dove in, the more that you read the reports, the more that you see the stats um, of recent that I haven't given him enough respect for. The more I, I kind of kept snowballing into it and bought in more than I anticipated I was going to. Well, that's um, you know, that's part of the beauty of the great debate is you you do get to hear both sides. But now let me tell you why you're wrong about it, as much yeah. as you might have enjoyed researching it. So let's be honest here. He's had one significant performance, and that was against Washington, who are the second worst team in the league in defending wide receivers so far this season. You mentioned he is 34 years old. You don't get too many receivers still playing at that age. You don't get too many receivers still performing at that age. And how's he going to go? When the weather gets colder in upstate New York, you can't be running off the field for steamed hams. Those <laughs> old knees, those old bones, those old shoulders are really going to start feeling the cold. We've seen who it is, the la- who he is. The last two years, he's averaged just over 11 PPR points per game for his blow-up game against Washington. He scored 9.2 points against the Steelers, 6.8 points against the Dolphins. And that was in a game they won 35 nothing. So for me, that predictable production is just not... There. The second best ability in the NFL is predictability. That's what Hunter Renfro gives you. The last three years, Sanders has played 34 games. You'd be pleased. You'd have been glad to have started him in 14 of those, and that is not a good strike rate for someone who is in the back half of their career. Yep. Uh, 
think you make some great points. Um, another thing that I was interested in seeing as you were talking about durability that I didn't look up myself that I was kind of disappointed in. Um, do you want to take a crack at the snap percentage for Hunter Renfro versus Emmanuel Sanders? Uh, just this week? So far, well, on average, I was. I know that um, Sanders has more snaps than any other Bills receiver, and Renfro, I think, is behind, as you say, Waller, Edwards, and Ruggs. Yep, Hunter Renfro is sitting at a perfect fifty percent average, and Emmanuel Sanders is at ninety-one. That's so, uh, yeah. Well, I suppose and predictability. I suppose we can use this as our launching off point for more of the general discussion. I think you raise an excellent point there is that you can't score points when you're not on the field. My counter to that, and although we're past the debate, is that when Renfro's on the field, they throw to him. So even if he's not out there all the time, I would be more excited by those numbers if they were reversed because it would mean that they're not running around the The Bills aren't running around their 34-year-old receiver. They're using him in select packages. They're using him when they want to use him, and then when he's out on the field, they're throwing the ball to him, which is what's happening with Renfro. You've got to remember that they're a, uh, by and in large, a run-first team in Vegas. And I actually didn't look at their formations and um, how often they do it. I might do it live while we're on one air. So I say it live. Josh it won't be live Jacobs, by the time you're listening to this. I've got some stats. Josh Jacobs, he averaged 19 rushes a game in 2020 while healthy. Um, yep. So far this season in three games, Buffalo has averaged 20 attempts a game as a team. And 20 of the, or sorry, 20, 20 attempts per the, per, per the rush, the running backs. Josh Allen also has 20 attempts. So. Yeah, they've, they've really started to gear that up in the last couple of weeks. And Moss and Singletary have looked better. Let's, um, let's have a look here. So. Uh, the Raiders in their most common formations this year. Hen, uh, Hunter Renfro is in uh, the top three. So when he's out there on the on their most successful packages, he's out there, and also on the formations they're calling or the player combinations they're calling most often. Um, which which sort of goes to the point that when he's out there, they're throwing it to him. You know, he's there on second and long, he's there on third down, he's there for key plays, which is why I think he has some sort of value, which is why I think he's got that predictable floor compared to someone like uh, J.D. McKissick, who ostensibly is going to be out there on uh, passing downs, but they also have uh, Antonio Gibson. And then you you can't be sure that he's going to be out there, whereas I think, at least with Renfro, you know that the Raiders are going to get into second and long. You know the Raiders are going to be on third down, and those are those key plays where they bring him in. He might not be there on on first and 10, um, but they also don't need him on those plays. Yeah, that is that is certainly true. Um, I think that's a great point about Emmanuel Sanders, 90% snap percentage. He's always going to be out there. Um, you know, the discussion that inevitably comes up at the end on these kind of nebulous, um, broad section at the end of the great debate is, it's all about roster construction. So if you're looking for a player who's not going to shit the bed on a bye week, a player who's not going to cost you a week because they get a big fat zero or a one, then that player's Hunter Renfro. You, you're dealing with his lack of ceiling because you're going with his floor. Whereas I think Emmanuel Sanders, he's the sort of guy you could put in to win a week, but you'd have to be prepared that perhaps he doesn't show up because, you know, you, it's it's one thing to say he's he's the number one receiver, but you've got to remember... 
through those first two weeks. Both, uh, sorry, through two of the first three weeks, Stefan Diggs and Cole Beasley have both seen double digit targets. Right. So, yeah, and I mean, you got to be prepared. You're absolutely right. You could have those two catch for eight yard performances, and they're, they're going to happen. Um, but I'm, if you don't mind, real quick, I know we're, we're running short on time. We got a segment that's sweet. Man, we have all the time in, in the world to talk about it. That's what we're here to do. I really think that this will be fun and interactive for our listeners because it was really fun for me because I probably would have gotten it wrong. Um, I want to take it back just three years. I, I've got three three Raiders-related questions, and it, it's not really trying to prove my point because it's not true right now, but I, I just want you to play along. In, in 2020, Las Vegas had how many of the top 50 wide receivers in fantasy football? Uh, wide receivers? Probably one, Nelson Aguilar. And what? Do you remember his position was? What what ranking out of fifty? I would I'd say he's probably he was probably um maybe in the thirties. Wide receiver twenty one last year. Wow, he left a lot of points out there too. He he sure did. In twenty nineteen, how many Las Vegas receivers were in the top fifty? Oh shit, who was even on their <laughs> uh, their, their roster there? Um I think it speaks a little to Derek Carr, a little to the Raiders organization, and probably not much to my point. But this is kind of they fun. they definitely they definitely had Hunter Renfro still um, because that was his uh, yeah that was his rookie season. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna pass on that one. Who did they who did they even have? So they had one, Tyrell Williams. Tyrell Williams, and he was wide receiver 44 out of 50 in 2019. Wow. And and then we'll take it back one more. 2018, three years ago now, it was a different wide receiver, not either of the two named. They had one in the top 50. Goodness me, 2018. <laughs> no. Nah, it's it's I'm, a name. On, I was, I was going to say it wasn't um, – Amari Cooper had already left by then, hadn't he? Yeah, he so. was 2017, the last time that they had two wide receivers in the top 50. Amari Cooper and Michael and, Crabtree. Oh, Michael Crabtree. Yep. And yep. in 2018... So it wasn't Crabtree in 18? Nope. No. No, I'm drawing a blank. Unless it was Emmanuel Sanders, which I'm 99% sure it was not. Nope. Jordy Nelson, wide receiver Jordy Nelson. 49. Wow. <laughs> I got to get onto. Uh, I got to get into Pro Football Reference. Check this out. Not because I'm disputing it, but I'm just e- interested yeah. to see who these these rubbish receivers were. Man, that was uh, yeah, that, that was, was tough. Thanks to our friends over at Fantasy Pros, um, the three wide receivers of the last three years. Which, interestingly enough, leads me to my last point, which you can discern for yourself. As of right now, the Raiders have all three wide receivers in the top fifty. And Darren Waller is still tight end four. Is this going yeah, to be the unicorn I mean, year, or is Waller's something's got to break? Waller's a beast. Let's. Um, I'm just going to go back through the Raiders in 2018 for our <laughs> listeners. That Jared oh. Cook was their most productive receiver with 68 catches, 896 yards, and six touchdowns. As you say, Jordy Nelson. We had Jalen Rashad with 607 yards. Seth Roberts, if you remember him, 494. Amari Cooper's in there. And then Martavis Bryant, Marcel Aitman, who I was so high on. Brandon LaFell oh, wow. was still running around. Um, 
Yeah, that was <laughs> Derek Carrier. I always remember that was funny because he had Derek Carr and then then Derek Carrier, and we were hoping there was going to be Derek Carriest. Um, <laughs> but no, this is just a that's an impact. Like Gruden's done well to get them to where he is. What I what I will say is that um, Carr has looked phenomenal this year, and they are looking like a different team. But I don't think it is going to be long, or I don't think it's going to take long for him to go back into his shell somewhat. Um, I really liked Henry Ruggs this year, um, and I still really like Henry Ruggs this year because of Aguilar's production last year. And Ruggs is a better player than Aguilar. And I say that as a Patriots fan who is now just not excited to watch Aguilar <laughs> for the next 13 weeks of the season. Thank God we won't be in the playoffs. That'll be more weeks. Um so I think there is value there for Henry Ruggs. And for me, he's the receiver to own on the Raiders, and that's why most people are or well already have him on their roster. So, you know, that leaves Renfro, who I think has a solid floor. I you know, he's at least to me comparable to Cole Beasley. He might not see that raw volume, but he's equally as good a player. He gets open like you wouldn't believe. Um, I think yeah. after Beasley, he might be the next best slot receiver in the NFL. And he, he returns punts as well. You never know if he's going to break one of those off. Yeah, you can't beat reliability, and that's exactly what he's been so far this year. It's it's valuable. Yeah, and you know he's not a sexy name to have on your roster. And and as I said already, it's if it's a bye week, we've got the bye weeks just around the corner. You can put him on your roster, and you know he's not going to ruin it. You know, I'd feel far more comfortable starting Hunter Renfro than I would um, Robbie Anderson. Like Robbie Anderson, KJ Osborne, um, KJ Hamler. Certainly not KJ Hamler now. He's done his ACL. Um, but you know, maybe not Henry Ruggs because I really like that ceiling. But uh, I don't know Elijah Moore, who ostensibly yeah, slot receiver with a higher ceiling. Don't start Elijah Moore unless you absolutely have to. Just. The Jets in general, still the Jets. Yeah, Wait until for sure. that pod turns and then and then hop on. Just uh, I can't can't condone it. So before we move on to uh, general waiver chat, do you have anything else to add about um, Sanders? I, I don't. I mean, it, it part of me is happy being a Steelers fan. Um, I wish he would have continued in the black and gold. The dude's made a great career out of it, and this looks like it could be a big year for him in Buffalo. Um, I don't know if you just heard that, but that, something was outside. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Lo- local motorcycle enthusiast going fast. Yes. No, I think Emmanuel Sanders has his place in this offense. It's a place that John Brown was meant to be last year. Um, I think that for all the people like myself who love Gabriel Davis, it is clear that Buffalo is not interested in having him on the field in a large capacity still this season. And Emmanuel Sanders, the playing time speaks for itself. He's worth a flyer. If you need a win, he's uh, he's got the ceiling to possibly get it done. Yep. I think that snap count is uh, what's really going to push push a lot of people. And I think um, that's probably all, all the information you need this week to make that decision. Um so it's obviously way this will come out before people's waivers runs. Who who are you targeting this week? Oh man. Um one that I I think I'm gonna target just because again, I like I mentioned earlier, I'm always looking for the ceiling place. Um Danny's the name of the hour. 
Josh Gordon <laughs> in Kansas City could be. I'm not saying it will be. We 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 don't know what kind of shape he's going to show up in. We don't know how he's going to mesh with the coaching staff. But having peak Josh Gordon with Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, that could be incredible. It the sky is the limit for that, and I'm very intrigued to see what it is. And he might be worth a, a bench stash, that's for sure. I think if you've got a deep bench, it's worth it. I wouldn't be dropping anyone to pick him up. I think he's washed. And if we're talking about teams that, you know, probably can't support multiple receivers, we've seen in the past the Chiefs just don't. That Hill and Kelsey are obviously A graders and as elite as you can get at their position. Um, but but there's really no wide receiver two in that offense. It's, right. it's I, Hill or Kelsey, depending on the week. Again, I think everything is is a big question mark at this point because we've seen how good Josh Gordon can be. I think that with the wide receiver two in Kansas City stigma, he fills a role that they haven't necessarily had in a wide receiver two. He's big, he's tall, he's a faster Travis Kelsey body type on the outside. Um, sorry, I, faster body type like Travis Kelsey. Go up. <laughs> I'm not saying he's Travis Kelsey. Like I'm just saying he's another guy that size who can go up high point a ball. Who knows what kind of shape he's in? Who knows what value he's going to bring? Um, he's not Sammy Watkins. He's not Demarcus Robinson. He's he can be a huge wide receiver one Calvin Johnson build sort of threat. He also could be somebody who just rolled off the couch for the first time in a year and a half. We don't know. I'm sure he'll catch a touchdown. I have no interest. I'm going to let someone else. I, I've done the Josh Gordon ride, and uh, I, I, I think a lot of it. That part of my life's over. It, it stems for me. I've been burned on a lot of, or actually a couple wide receivers this year, just repetitively. I'm looking for any any excuse possible to trade Robbie Anderson for a bag of French fries, or drop him for a wide receiver with two legs at this point. I, I've been burned on a lot of wide receivers. I've got a couple guys that like off my roster. And if putting Josh Gordon on my bench means not putting Robbie Anderson in my lineup, um, I'm almost to that point. <laughs> well, I would um, I'd just caution you to maybe wait a week on Anderson. We saw what he did last year with McCaffrey out. We could see a bit more of that this year. We know he's got that connection with uh, with Sam Donald anyway. Um Truba Hubbard, we'll, we'll finish up talking about him, I suppose. McCaffrey's not going to IR, which means that I wrote in my article today that it's probably a 21-day hamstring and they don't play for, I think the next game's Monday night football or Sunday night football. He's not going to play next week, but he could potentially be back the week after that unhampered. With that in mind, how much are you paying up for Truba Hubbard uh, for what could be a two-week rental? Um, you know, that's a great question. I mean, looking at those three weeks, two weeks, he's got Dallas, Philadelphia, Minnesota, um, Dallas, great matchup, Minnesota, probably a great matchup, Philadelphia at home could be worse. Um, if we're, if we're looking at a two, what's, what's the base? $200 bad. Is that, is that regular? Uh, standard. What's usually a hundred, a hundred, hundred. Uh, if you're talking percentages, it all works out. Chuba Hubbard redraft league. I, I probably, it all depends on your roster construction. Obviously if you have Christian McCaffrey, you better pony up because you're going to need the wider seat or the running back production. Most likely Um, I would probably be comfortable with throwing 20 to 24 on Chuba Hubbard is about it. 
Yep. I, I don't know if he's going to be a, a weekly winner. Um, he's definitely got upside. If nobody else wants him, I'd take him. I'd start him. Um, but you you just don't know that you're spending on something that's going to hit and hit hard with Chuba Hubbard. I think tonight's game is going to be interesting uh, as part of that because his next two games are Dallas and Philadelphia. They're the teams playing tonight. So if either of them get gashed on the ground, then that could be an indication that it's maybe worth paying up a little bit more to get Chuba Hubbard. But mm-hmm. for me, I'm happy to let someone else waste their waste their fab here. It's probably going to be the same person who wastes their fab on Elijah Mitchell and, you know, in the back end of the season, suddenly you can scoop up guys who might be league winners as opposed to those one-week rentals. And um, just give me give me a name that some people might not be looking at um, while you're thinking. I'm going to say Tommy Tremble is one to watch on your waiver wire. I thought he looked really mm-hmm. good. They used him as a running back. Uh, he made a nice play with some, some yak. I liked him in college. Uh, Notre Dame used him mostly as a uh, as a blocker, but I think he's it got a, a good amount of ability there. He's the tight end for Carolina. In case you missed the news, they traded uh, Dan Arnold to the Jags for CJ Henderson. So RIP uh, Darnold, Dan Arnold. Uh, but that opens the door for Tommy Tremble. So who have you got as a uh, as a bit of a waiver sleeper before we wrap this up? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm personally going to consider this guy a sleeper um, just because – it is about the uh, one of the most unsexy names of quarterbacks that you can possibly mention um, within the fantasy realm. Um, if Kirk Cousins is available in your league, and there's going to be a lot of people that still write him off because it's Kirk Cousins, go look at the stats, watch some game film. Bye weeks are coming up. Even if you've got a good quarterback and you're going to need that waiver wire co- or that bye week quarterback coming up, get Kirk Cousins now. This dude is playing out of his mind. He's got eight touchdowns this season and no interceptions. Um, Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson look great. KJ Osborne, Tyler Conklin, um, he balled out this week. Uh, Give Kirk Cousins a look. He's a guy that I probably, um, if I've rostered, I'm obviously starting him. I'm riding the train for a bit. I would caution at the end he's got a pretty – He's got a pretty dense schedule down uh, playoff time. So maybe he's a guy, wait a week or two if he's still rolling, sell high. Um, but Kirk Cousins, if he's available, he should not be available in your leagues. Um, if you're struggling at quarterback, he's a starter. If you've got a quarterback, go find you one that's going to win you your bye week. I think that's uh, that's excellent advice. I think if you're looking for a bye week fill-in as well, you could do worse than Taylor Heineke, who showed that he can get it done with his legs on the weekend. Well, that's probably all we have time for. It's probably we we have gone longer than we normally would, but um, but it's always good chat. So um, thanks for joining this week, Aaron. And uh, you can tell the good people at home where they can find you. Hey, thank you for having me. Um, Twitter, Instagram um, at Aaron Nyhart. I am the first one to admit I do not enjoy Twitter. I do not like Twitter. <laughs> I am making a decent effort to be more involved with Twitter. Um, I know that's where the fantasy football world lives. Um, I'm making an effort. You can find me at sleeper wire. Um, this season I'm going to be doing some IDP content. I'm also going to be trying to bounce in and out each week, getting a little creative this week. You'll find a buy or a, a buy sell article for myself. Um, looking at some different players who you should be selling at the moment and some guys like Kirk cousins who you could be, well, I guess Kirk cousins would probably be a sell more than a buy. Um, but some other guys, uh, and vice versa. Um, I'm also going to be posting some college content, maybe some college betting, 
Uh, looking at guys like Spencer Rattler, who uh, do not look quite what we thought that they were going to be. Maybe some people on the other side of that coin. Stay tuned. It'll all come through Sleeper Wire. Um, and hopefully I'll be on, a more, on some more podcasts uh, here on this channel. That's excellent, man. I'm looking forward to seeing what you come up with us in that writing space. And I'm sure we'll have you back in the coming weeks. Well, thank you, everyone, for tuning into the Great Debate for this week. Don't forget, follow us on Twitter at Sleepaware Show. Chuck us a few dollars on Patreon if you're so inclined. But if not, then just subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast platform. As always, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Sheehan Solo, and I'll catch you next time.